0: And then I realized that those people were counting on me to study, to eat. But if you are on a mission, if you want to do something great, you need to make the effort. And I'm very happy that I dedicated that time.
1: I'm Gil Galanos, and welcome to Storymark, a show about leaders, the moments that made them, and the mark they leave. This is the next installment of Storymark Spotlight, where we hear from young leaders about their journey after experiencing Israel with iTrack. On today's show, lawyer, educator, and founder of the NGO project, Constitutional Law in School, Felipe Neves. Felipe, tell me a little bit about your upbringing. How would you describe
0: your childhood and early life? My mother raised me and my sister by herself. So my mom worked two jobs to pay for my private education here in Brazil. The public education system in Brazil is not that great, so if you don't go to a private school, your chances to go to a good college and get a good job are minimum. So my mother did everything that she could for me to study. She was a very big role model for me to go to law school because at that age, I really wanted to do justice for the world.
1: You decided to go to law school in the United States. Was it right after you graduated from law school in Brazil, or did you have a job after your school?
0: I got into law school in 2009. I got into a very good private law school here in Brazil, Pontifico Catholic University. Once I graduated, I got my full-time position in a big law firm here in Brazil. Five years after my graduation, I decided to go to law school in the U.S. to get my master's degree. And then I went to Stanford, but it was a very long journey until I got into Stanford. It was a mix of working in the private sector with merchant acquisitions and also creating a very large NGO that gave me the tools that I needed to get accepted into a very good law school in the U.S. What influenced
1: you to go to law school
0: in the U.S.? When I was in law school, I decided to create a project to teach constitutional law to public school students here, at least in Brazil, public school students, they rely on the public administration for everything, school, housing, food, but they don't know how the public administration works, how to vote, how to select your representatives, how and what a deputy does. So I decided to go to a lot of schools here in Brazil and just give a class about the Brazilian legal structure and also the political structure as well. So when elections come, they can vote more consciously so they can start talking more about politics, right? And then one thing very curious happened. I was selected to a program from the U.S. State Department called Young Leaders of America. And then I spent five weeks in the house of James Madison, which was the fourth president of the United States. Now is a museum with a center to teach teachers in Virginia how to teach students about the constitution of the United States. I learned a lot how to do things and how to increase my impact. Came back to Brazil, started to apply everything that I learned, and things started to grow a lot. And then I really got the idea about going to the U.S. and learning more about the US legal system, politics, international trade, and everything. This whole experience that I had with the State Department of the United States just gave me the confidence and the willingness to, to study abroad. And I decided to go to Stanford because I always got this entrepreneurial side inside of me to create things and I thought it was a good match.
1: What was the highlight of your studies at Stanford of that year?
0: But it was great to learn about technology, right? I was in the Silicon Valley talking to a lot of teachers who are also in a board of many companies. So the whole tech and entrepreneurial mindset that you have at Stanford was very good for me to learn new things and just apply back in Brazil. And also one highlight was the eye track that I did.
1: Tell me a little bit about your experience in Israel.
0: I was not expecting to be that powerful in my head. Walking by the streets of Old Town was something that you just think you are in a movie. And then you just see history right there. And you put a lot of things in perspective. So for me, it was very nice. And also to learn about the Jewish community. I have a lot of Jewish people in my family who are now part of my family. But being there was great. We slept in a kibbutz community as well. was amazing. Tel Aviv itself is just another thing that I was not expecting. The vibrant community, the innovation everywhere, people very friendly. So I think it was a mixture of culture, new sites and something that you are not expecting until you get there. So it was a great opportunity and everybody from my group always remember this trip as one of the best trips that they had. So I wish I can come back someday.
1: Tell me about your work as Head of Google Workspace for Education.
0: After working two years at this New York law firm, Cleary Gottlieb, I decided to make a transition because, as I said, I was working with education a lot of my free time, actually most of my free time I was spending like every single weekend, early mornings, just trying to grow the NGO and we grew a lot. But at the same time, I said, hey, this is what makes me happy. I love being a lawyer, but this is what makes me happy. I want to work more with education here in Brazil and Latin America. And then this position came up and I work with digital transformation from schools and university in Latin America. So all the infrastructure, software, hardware, everything that they might need to just be more effective and trying to save time and save money using technology is something that we do. So it's a very challenging job because we have a product that is designed in the U.S. and then you have to apply that in Latin America, which we don't have sometimes connectivity. We don't have cable infrastructure. So it's a challenge, but it's a good challenge. And we do a lot of partnerships with the public sector, with governors, with the Ministry of Education, of a lot of countries. So I'm combining something that I love, which is the business side of everything, with something that I'm passionate about, which is education. I have been working in this job for the past two years and every day is a new day. I travel a lot and I really enjoy what I do.
1: What are your future professional goals? Are you planning to run for office at some point?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was a goal of mine when I was younger. I'm not sure. I think I need to acquire more experience in order to do that. Also, I'm not sure if I'm willing to take the full ladder of going through legislature first and then executive level. I'm not sure if I want to do the full route, but long term, I really like my job. So I really want to keep investing my time in technology and education. This is something that I like to do and I see a bright future using AI for education as well. And also I want to grow my NGO as well. So The good thing about being a lawyer is that you can find ways to finance your NGO through public incentives that companies have by donating. They can donate, for example, a portion of their yearly income to the NGO directly, and they can just offset some taxes. So this is what I'm trying to do now. But I want to increase the NGO, increase the impact, and at the same time, keep working with tech and keep working with education.
1: Who are the people who have impacted where you are today?
0: First and foremost, my mother. She gave me the perspective to work really hard. She's not a lawyer, but she just gave me the full picture. I'm going to say actually Obama as well. I met him once and I'm 200% sure that he has no idea who I am today. But the program that his administration built and giving me the opportunity to travel abroad, to learn and to experience new things. That gave me the impact that I needed to just try to do bigger things. I also have some professors from law school who helped me to build the NGO from scratch, but those are the persons that I look up to in my life.
1: What are the challenges that you face to get where you are? You mentioned a few of them, but was there one big moment the most challenging moment that you
0: had? I consider myself a social entrepreneur. And when are you trying to build some things, then you realize that you have to take full ownership of the things that you wanna do, right? So when you are part of a company or a law firm, you have people helping you, you make a suggestion and other people can help you to do it. You can hire someone, right? But when you are on your own trying to build something, Every single idea, you have also to have the plan how to make this idea happen. And then you have to take into account everything that you need to do and be responsible for your choices. So building the NGO was challenging because in the middle of this process, we had 30 people in our scholarship program. So they got scholarships, they got monthly stipends to pay for books and food. So it was a time when I was focusing on my job. And not as focused on my NGO because I was trying to get promoted and so on. And then I realized that those people were counting on me, right, to study, to eat. I was working like from 8 to 1 a.m. in the law firm. And then every single weekend spending like 10 hours trying to organize everything at the NGO level. So that was very challenging. But again, at the same time, if you are in a mission, if you want to do something great, you need to the effort so now i look back and i'm very happy that i dedicated that time most of the students they are daughters and sons of people who clean houses for example who are who works on security who are cashiers at the supermarket and the salary for those professions here in brazil are not that great they can barely afford like housing and food for example for their families when i get internships for them as an intern with 19 years old, they can make more money than their parents combined. And that's very powerful, right? Because only with like six months of mentoring and teaching that we do at the NGO level, we are able to get them those internships and they are able to help their families like with basic stuff, eat, leave, go to the doctor. So this is very powerful, but the most powerful thing And I I, want to say I was inspired by ITREC as well, was the exchange program that that we did to the U.S. So we reached out to the U.S. embassy and I have a great relationship with them because I got a scholarship from them as well. So I said, hey, I want to take 16 low-income students to the U.S. for the first time. And they didn't have passports, so they never took a plane. (laughs) And it was a lot of loose ends because they need first the passport and then the visa and then the money and then so... I was able to do everything. It was actually easy because people were willing to help. And then the first trip that 90% of those kids did outside of Sao Paulo, which is my city, the first trip on a plane was to the Silicon Valley. So it was something that they were not going to say crying, was tear of happiness, but they were very happy the whole way. And now one thing that we want to do is that I understand that the trip itself is not going to change their lives in a practical way, but you're gonna get them inspired to, to go back there as a student or as a professional, right? And that's the goal, to open their minds as the U.S. program opened my mind, that I track opened my mind with those trips so they can achieve and go after bigger things. So a trip like that can change everything, right? Not in a direct way, but in an indirect way.
1: How do you define success?
0: Success, in a more practical way, can be you're achieving your goals, right? You set a goal and then you achieve your goal and that's success. But when you work in the, in the non-profit sector, it changes a lot, right? So success for me is very simple now. It's trying to be happy and make others around you happy. I think it's very simple. It's just trying to be happy and have people that you like around you happy as well. That is success for me.
1: What does being a leader mean to you?
0: We have 70 lawyers working at the NGO as volunteers, so I have a big group that I have to handle. And I took some classes, but at the same time, it's very hard, right? Because people are different, so there's no class that help you manage and lead people in a more direct way. For me, the leader being a leader is leading by example. Very simple, right? If I want people to wake up in the morning, travel across the city to give a class without making any money just as volunteers, I have to be the one doing the most classes of the program, right? So people listen to me. If I want to create a donation campaign, I need to be the one first donating and also going and asking for donations and not just asking people to do it. So I think for me, being a leader is just leading by example. And if you do it, doing the right thing, I think you can be a great leader. But again, After that, there's a lot of ways to manage people that I'm still learning, but leading by example is something that I learned and it's my go-to formula to get people engaged and trying them to do what I think is best for my job or my NGO.
1: Felipe Nevers, it was wonderful having you on our show.
0: Thank you. It was wonderful being here as well.
1: You've been listening to Storymark. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find a transcript of today's episode, along with past interviews, on our website, storymarkpodcast.org. Also, consider signing up for the Storymark newsletter, where we'll keep you up to date about upcoming guests. Visit storymarkpodcast.org to sign up, and you can also follow us on Instagram, at Storymark. Storymark is brought to you by ITREK Studios. ITREK is a non that inspires tomorrow's leaders through peer-led week-long treks in Israel to experience its innovation, diversity, and complex reality firsthand. For more information, visit iTrek.org. I'm your host, Gil Galanos. Our producer is Patrick Emile, and associate producer is Rebecca Sebastian. Our editor is Zev Levi. Thanks for listening, and let See you next time.